0: Peace, peace, Welcome to the uh, Carter Podcast. And uh, today I got a special guest with me. I have uh, Linnell. How you doing, Linnell?
1: Hey, Carter. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. I can't complain. It's beautiful weather outside today.
1: Beautiful. The sun yeah. is shining brightly in the sky. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. To, I was out there earlier getting me some vitamin D uh, running around <laughs> on a uh, track in uh, D.C., so oh. a good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Well, hey... Welcome to the uh, yeah, man, Welcome to the podcast. Thank
1: you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Um, so yeah, before we start, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because you're in the field of like social services or mental health, right?
1: Yes. Um, so I'm a social worker. Okay. Um, and I've been practicing social work now for about 10 years. Wow. Social work is a second career for me and um, I enjoy it. Um, it's been good to me. It's been good to me.
0: Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um, how does that kind of um what made you want to get into the field? What made Mm -hmm. you want to become a social worker?
1: Good question. That's the million dollar question, right? Yeah. Um, because if you know anything about social work, you don't choose it because it's a lucrative in terms of money. Yeah. Um, so You know, I've always been drawn to the helping professions. Um, Always, as a kid, I was one of those people that came out of the womb, you know, saying that, she wanted to help people. I always knew what I wanted to do. Hmm. Um, and at first it was I wanted to be a doctor, but then I realized there were a lot of ways to help people because at the core that is really what I wanted to be able to give back, to be able to make a difference and to help people you know have better lives. And so that was the call to me for social work. Social work kind of checked off all the boxes you know it's a it's a field that, for me embodies values that i personally embody Mm -hmm. or at least aspire to okay that's what drew me to this wanting to make a difference um in people's lives as cliched as that might sound that's that's Uh the reason
0: (laughs) that's great that's great I'm, i'm glad you're able to find something you're passionate about right you yes. Know what I mean? yes, that's always good. That yeah. makes a, diff- a huge difference and stuff.
1: Huge difference, especially in a field like social work. And and you know, because you're in the work too, that passion is, is really what drives it because it, it's hard work. It's really hard work.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. okay. All right, that's definitely good. Um, I had uh, shared with you, it was a couple of mm. minutes ago, uh, <laughs> a quick article. Um, before I get into that article, what 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 are some of the biggest challenges you see within social work? Um, what What are some of the biggest challenges you see? Um, mm-hmm.
1: Some of the biggest yeah. challenges with social work, really, so I'm gonna separate this a little bit. So there's the professionalism of social work, and then there's the actual work that we do. Hmm. So for me, and one of the biggest challenges is, getting people to recognize social work as more than probably what they consider it to be. So as an example, what's the first thing that comes to mind, you know, when you think of social work, before you started working in the field if somebody had come up to you and they said, oh, I'm a social worker. What what did you think that meant?
0: I would think you worked with uh, somebody who... uh, I would think, um, man, that's a good question. The first thing that uh, would come to mind, I would think that you were somebody who was uh, a parent to somebody who was in foster care. That you <laughs> had the rights of uh, somebody who was a uh, uh, um, who was in foster care. That you made the decisions for that for that particular uh, child, and um, yeah. that's yep. kind of what came to mind.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Re- right on the mark. And there are social workers who do that work and they are needed. Um, You're exactly right. Most people think when you think of a social worker, you think of Department of Children and Family Services. You're removing children from uh, their homes or you're working somewhere in foster care. But the field of social work is so broad. So to me, one of the biggest challenges um, for myself and other social workers, is the professional professionalism of social work, for getting people to think about social work in broader terms. We are therapists. We are we are in the military. We are professors. Yes, we're in the Department of Children and Family Services. We're in mental health agencies. Um, we do a whole host of things. We're consultants. Um, We're not limited to just one area of practice. So that's one of the biggest challenges. And the reason why that's a challenge is because when you place the practice of social work in a box, you limit um, how you see professional social workers and where you place them in different um, jobs that also speaks to how much money you're going to pay social workers and all of that so we have a skill set that allows us to work in a variety of settings that's one of the biggest challenges getting people to recognize social work as more than just, I take children out of their homes, even though that's a very important part of the work. But the other big challenge, you know, depending on where you are in the practice of social work, so I'm going to use myself as an example, working in in mental health, um, one of the biggest challenges um, is not working with clients, actually, but it's the bureaucracy that comes with yeah. being able to work with people, and having to, you know, maneuver through the red tape and, and jump through hoops of fire that that the government and institutions create. You want to just be able to walk in and help people. Right. But mm. you got to play by the rules. So that's one of the biggest challenges, being able to negotiate different systems and still help people get what they need to thrive.
0: Hmm. OK. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I definitely can. Uh relate to that yeah um how did what do you do to kind of like uh combat that feelings of like uh, like not burning out um, do you do you experience that or
1: oh my gosh what <laughs> there listen there isn't a a person that's doing this work wherever you are um in the in in a helping profession who doesn't experience burnout there's no one mm. who doesn't experience burnout at some point in their career mm. And so I think one of the things that you have to learn, and this is really tough, like if you're new in practice, you know, wherever you are, if you're new in practice, it's really a skill that you have to learn that you do what you can. You do what you can and what you can't do. You either wait till the next day to do it or you pass it on to a colleague. You just do what you can. That's one of the best ways, in my opinion, to prevent burnout because burnout happens when you're overextending yourself, Mm -hmm. when you are committing to doing things and not taking care of yourself. Um, And I think that that's just a hazard of this work, because those of us who are in this work, we have a natural tendency, right, to want to do everything that we can to help people. And sometimes that's just not possible. And we do that sometimes to our detriment. Hmm. But you can't pour from an empty cup. So one of the, the best ways that you can prevent burnout is to really learn how to take care of yourself.
0: self care right (laughs) yep
1: self care that's it and also to be able and to learn how to say no which is a form of self care Mm. learn how to say no even to your the people that you work for no I'm not able to complete this treatment plan right in this moment I need to have lunch I need to go get something to eat I need to go take care of myself Mm. yeah
0: yeah yeah when you say that we responded I started thinking about the points of like boundaries that kind of came in mind you know Mm -hmm. what I mean Having mm-hmm. our own boundaries that we all have in place um, for ourselves, right. which is another form of self-care, and needed. I think you know it could be a little bit of fear uh, with saying no to your, um, you know, to your supervisors because again, you don't sure. want to come off as <laughs> not competent and stuff like <laughs> that. And I guess that that's the own insecurities. I know that I faced, um, you know, early within my profession as well, just mm-hmm. not having those particular boundaries and also that fear of saying no because I don't want it to be the way i'm looked at is i can't do the work you know so right
1: i think that's an excellent point and i think there's a way to to say no respectfully you're not saying no i'm not gonna do the work but what you are saying is in in that moment i i need to take care of myself in this moment so that i then can do what it is you're asking me to do Hmm. and that's a little bit different from uh being, um, saying you're not going to follow a directive. You're not Mm. saying you're not going to follow a directive, but what you are doing in that moment is honoring what you need so that you then can be present for your employer, for the people you serve, and ultimately that makes you a better employee.
0: Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. like you said, I definitely agree 100% with that, man. Uh, Being able to, you know, communicate uh, you know, your uh, the challenge is being able to mm-hmm. say no, mm-hmm. you know, give you a rationale of why um, it's definitely you know needed, and you mm-hmm. know f- sometimes for me, you know, being black, you know, some, oh. sometimes I'm like the only, <laughs> the only uh, you know male, also African American male, um, uh, you know, with a yes. lot of my work settings, sometimes, um, you know, I don't want to come off as you know, <laughs> I guess right,
1: right, no, the, I feel the, that
0: the images that it might be shown of, you know, could mm-hmm. look like me within. A, on the media and stuff like that. So sometimes, you know, it's a lot that I can, you know, speak from that mm-hmm. I, you know, go through and deal with that. That's in my mind, you know, when I'm interacting with people and stuff like that. So, like Absolutely. you said, yeah, being able to communicate, being, you know, secure in my own self and my mm-hmm. and competent in myself, all that's that, right. yeah, all that's that plays, right. you know, something like the foundation, all that plays a factor in, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to maneuver and work and um, do well within that particular, you know, work, workplaces and stuff. So, yes yeah.
1: indeed Yes, indeed. And but you know what you're raising something I know this is your show but I'm going to actually ask you a question I want to
0: piggyback
1: on go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. I want to on something you said um, you know you, you briefly said I'm the usually the only male but the only black male in these settings and yeah. that's true how do you kind of negotiate that because you're working in a female dominated industry. How do you sort of, you know, maneuver through all of what comes with that? Because a lot comes with that, right?
0: Yeah, Um, you know, I I, believe it or not, you know, my upbringing plays a role in it. And well, I I was born and raised in in the inner city of Baltimore, Maryland, (laughs) and I learned to mind my own business. Got and it. that is a, mm-hmm. that is a rule. I will not speak with somebody else, <laughs> I will not, you know, because I learned at an early age, if I don't be talking about people, I don't know if I don't get into other people business, yes. you know what I mean? I won't be messed with and I could just maneuver <laughs> through these streets <laughs> in this school fine. You know what I mean? And yes. so I learned that because, you know, I just, I just learned that, um, I, I, um, transferred that to, to the workplace where I just mind my business, be very respectful and um and that was it and I, i've been fine um maneuvering these type of settings i don't get in <laughs> nobody's business i don't i don't gossip that's you know i, I, I hope you'll take the wrong way but that's not what men do so i said i'm not going to go ahead and gossip and tell people business i just try to you know uh interact with people i feel like i can trust
1: yeah
0: and um just you know, do my job and roll out and just mind my business. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. yes. I hear that.
1: Um. <laughs> I hear that. I think it was Toni Morrison that said. It was Toni Morrison that said in a in an interview, one of her last interviews. She was talking about when she was um, a teenager. She had a little part time job and how she um, she hated it. I'm I'm paraphrasing here. How she hated the job and she went home. She complained to her dad. And her father said this to her. He said, you don't live there. You just work there. Yeah. <laughs> and she, when I read that, you know, I took that with me. Like, yes. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you say right now. That, you know, I'm here to do my job. I'm going to do the best job I can. I'm going to keep my head down. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make an impact. I'm going to mind my business. And then I'm going to go home to my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you know I just kind of keep that the main thing like what's my purpose here at this job? That's it's right. learn about this field and shopping my skills and I am just mm-hmm. gonna go home yes. and then um I read a book called the Four Agreements and mm. um, you know one of the things is like um you know not taking things personal so I just yeah. try to take things personal um, when I'm at the work in the workplace because I don't know what people are going through
1: um right. you know
0: I know right. we' we're in this pan- <laughs> in this pandemic. <laughs> um, it's a lot going on. A lot mm-hmm. of adjustments that you know people are mm-hmm. having to deal with. So, kind of, you know, keeping that in mind helps me out. Um, mm-hmm. Help me to maneuver within those uh, workplaces and stuff. So, but, indeed, yeah.
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed, yes.
0: And all, mm-hmm. uh, all plays a factor. Um, I had I had shared a article with you. But I know I just sent it to you a couple of minutes ago. But basically it was outlining that, you know, since being in this pandemic, and I, I guess it's almost over, I don't know, it was saying that um, one out of six uh, people have sought mm. um, therapy services since the pandemic, right? Right. Um, again, I didn't, you know, that's the title of it, um, headline of it. Um, when you see that, like, what comes to mind when you see that one out of six people have sought out therapy um, since the pandemic? Like, what, what's your thoughts on that?
1: honestly my initial thought is that's it yeah <laughs> only one in six
0: yeah gotcha got gotcha. you okay
1: yeah because we and yes we still are in a pandemic um we faced something that we have never experienced in our lifetimes and I know people have said that over and over again but let's let's unpack that a little bit um this was an unprecedented event like nothing that outside of reading, About the, I think it was the 1918 uh, flu pandemic Uh um, that most of us were not alive um, to witness. So, really, outside of reading about historical events like that that happened and reading science fiction or watching a movie where there was some pandemic, this wasn't a thing that our minds were actually prepared for. Hmm. So, there's that. And then you have the very abrupt um, element of not socializing in the ways that we were once accustomed to, not working in the ways that that we um, were accustomed to. So life just changed drastically. When we were isolated or we were at home with our spouses twenty four seven or and or our children, life changed. and, being able to negotiate all of that has just been overwhelming. I, I would argue with anyone um, who would say to me that they weren't impacted by
0: last year
1: in some way. I would really kind of look at them sideways because I don't think that there is a person among us who has come out of this unscathed. Now, that one in six should be higher, Um, But what you and I both know about people seeking mental health services is what? There's still a lot of stigma attached to that. Um, So I'm not surprised by that statistic, but it should be more. We all could use some kind of mental health care right now after the year we've just experienced with so much loss, not -hmm. just with the pandemic, but with all of the things that happened last year, last year was terrible. (laughs) It was terrible. And so, yeah, I I just feel like that should should be higher. Now, what may not be included in that one in six is that yes, mental health care does, and then they're only looking at therapy, but there are a multitude of ways to take care of your mental health besides going to a therapist and they may not have captured that in their survey.
0: Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um okay. you kind of you kind of mentioned uh next question. You kind of uh stuck hit on the stigma, but I was going to ask you what barriers mm-hmm. do you think exist uh, stopping people from participating in therapy. I know you said the uh um you know what the main one was the stigma.
1: hmm
0: Is there anything else that you know what I mean that comes to mind for you mm-hmm. that might stop people?
1: Sure. Well, stigma is sort of the the umbrella term and underneath that um, would be people's lack of understanding or education about what um, therapy is and who it's for. I think people... Uh, in general have this idea that if you you are seeking therapy that you're crazy something is very desperately wrong with you but i kind of think of therapy as um a tune-up for some people right um i'm grappling with grief or um i'm recently divorced I, i lost my job or i'm experiencing a life transition some of some of these things are really big for us to deal with on our own. So I might wanna seek therapy just to help me process um, my grief or my life transition, whatever it is one is facing. Therapy is just a good place to land, to have somebody listen to what's happening to you Mm -hmm. and perhaps give you some skills and feedback that can help you navigate through whatever is going on in your life. So I think the biggest factor is that people really don't understand what it is. But then the other thing is, is that there's some cultural things happening too. Is that a lot of, um, we know in our culture, right? That we have a lot of distrust of um, institutions and, and systems and rightly so. There's a historical distrust there. And so that also plays a factor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So there, there are a lot of things I think that prevent people From seeking care Also, access, access. Yeah. How do you If someone I'm a black woman And if I am seeking a therapist That looks like me That I have something in common with Where do I go? How do I find that person? What if I don't have health insurance? How am I seeking mental health care? That's a huge barrier um, in addition to stigma for engaging in mental health treatment, actually, that's really, really huge. Access to care, and that's true in all aspects of healthcare. Yeah. What did I miss? Because there are a lot of reasons why people don't engage yeah, a, in therapy.
0: It's a lot of variables. I mean, yeah, you kind of handle some of the main ones: uh, the stigma, and mm-hmm. you talked about the uh, the access. Um, you know, I think a lot of people. And you know, when I think back over my life, you know, you know how to do the introspection. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think I think black exactly. <laughs> like, you know I that's can,
1: a, you know that's a uh, the lead into a gospel song, right?
0: But I think things over, yeah. right? Yeah, you know that's going to be a classic yeah. one, right? Yeah. You lead yeah, in with that one. But um, no, I think about um, a lot. We utilize, especially people, you know, within the uh, like this, <laughs> but um, you know, people within the black community utilize a lot of uh, protective factors, like you know, mm-hmm. the church. You know, yes, prayed away, yes Carter, yes Prayed, prayed yep. away, mm-hmm. shouted away mm-hmm. You know, or go to the pastor Or, you know, we might, you know, use our family members mm-hmm. um, And so a lot of times we utilize mm-hmm. those type of uh, other factors um, You know, supports that we have Because like you said, so when I had access yeah. Um we not even <laughs> even know where to go for that type of treatment. That's right. Um, or somebody could even tell us. But yeah, we utilize a lot of like the church and mm-hmm. um mainly I would say the church um and then the pastors and yeah. a lot of, you know, say we're gonna pray about it. God God got it and stuff as mm-hmm. kind of ways to cope with with
1: mm-hmm. the,
0: the adjustments or stressors or if right. we're dealing with depression and stuff like that, you know, praying and that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Um and then I think you know some people are just not you know ready. <laughs>
1: well, there you uh, go. That's yeah. right.
0: Some people right. not ready. And again, you know, hey, um, not about you know forcing anybody because treatment is only going to work, you know, if you had a relationship with that therapist and also if you are, you know, willing and ready to put in the, you know, the work. Because there's a lot of anxiety that comes with us. a lot of hard work that comes in with. It. Well, not. Well, I'm not gonna make it sound like it's that hard. But anyway, but it, <laughs> it is. Uh, it could be a challenge, yeah. um, you know, for some people to talk about stuff that day. Um, that they absolutely. have uh, repressed for so long. So it can absolutely. be painful. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Um, I think, stressful. yes, and I think the other part to that too, Carter, is that people, if you're challenged to talk about what's happening with you to people in your life that you know, if you if you have someone in your life you can turn to, um, I think it's also a a barrier to engagement to, talk to a stranger because that's what you're doing when you go to therapy. You are talking to, you're telling your problems to someone who doesn't know you from a can of paint. Someone you don't know. And for a lot of people the idea of that is very daunting. But it actually what I want anybody who's listening to this who is kind of reticent and maybe that's their reason. It actually talking to a stranger who doesn't know you they have unconditional regard for you Mm. they are the exact person that you want to talk to plus this person is a professional and has a skill set and all that stuff but if that is the thing that's preventing someone from engaging my advice is it is like talking to someone who has no knowledge of you so they don't know about your past they don't know about that mistake that you made way back then. And you're sitting there thinking that they're judging you about that. No, not at mm. all. Mm. Unconditional regard. That means that I am listening to you with no conditions. How beautiful is that? But yeah. no conditional conditions. I have regard for your personhood because you exist. I have regard for you. And mm. I'm going to sit here and listen to you and hold space for you without judgment. That's a beautiful thing. And that's what therapy is.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, a lot, it's a challenge. Because I think a lot of people, a lot of people, but I think some people have like attachment issues. and for sure. Um, they have, because um, a lot of uh, what I think is um, a lot of times, you know, what we've been through from our parents yes. or our, our caretakers you know mm-hmm. if it was that they abandoned us mm-hmm. um, so sometimes it's hard for some people to uh, and again I'm just you know I'm just talking just, it's yeah. hard for some people to form and trust in to share with certain you know what I mean with certain people 100. because again they, yep. um, they had these core beliefs about themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> based off of some of the things that they dealt with uh, you know from their caretakers or from their um, parents right. you know what I mean and um, yeah it's real a lot of challenges you know that comes up
1: for sure, you know, Carter, you, you're dropping some gems because what you're touching on is attachment style.
0: Mm. And
1: that absolutely plays a part in all kind of rela- in all of our um, relationships, not even just interpersonal ones, but especially in interpersonal ones. But in all of our relationships, that's another show topic right there. Attachment yeah. styles. Yes, that's yeah. a whole nother show topic. Yeah. Um, I- see look at that I just gave you a new <laughs> show topic <laughs> I'm looking yeah. at that
0: and um but I think it, it plays a factor in what the, what we see today from a lot of people a lot of challenges For sure. that we see
1: For and sure.
0: um you know I guess and being in this field is kind of really hard and um <laughs> when you see certain behaviors and certain symptoms mm-hmm. from people and you see it on the media mm-hmm. over and over it can be a little frustrating and be like yeah see you know yeah. what I mean so right. you know uh, but anyway but yeah like I said mental health is important oh it is <laughs> uh and um, yeah, definitely key. Um let me see, let me see. I was one more question I think I had Yeah, you. what you got let for me? See, let me see, let me see. Oh, when do you think we kinda of might have touched on it while we were talking? When mm-hmm. do you think when is it time for a person to see a therapist? When is it time Ooh, to, that's like such I a said, good question. <laughs> when is it time to see the <laughs> wizard? But when is it time to see <laughs> a therapist? That is
1: such a good question. And I don't know that there's one right answer to it, frankly. Okay. Um, If so, I'm gonna answer this from my perspective. What, what, when I would be compelled to see a therapist, right? Okay. And for me, and I guess this is general advice, maybe I give to anyone, but it is when whatever is happening, whether that's a circumstance in your life or you are experiencing a symptom of a serious mental illness or you are experiencing depression and it is becoming overwhelming etc when it becomes too big for you to manage on your own and too big is going to be defined by each individual right but when it becomes too big and you are feeling overwhelmed that's the exact right time to seek mental health care um there's some you know some more specific things that you can look out for if you're having thoughts of self-harm um wanting to harm yourself that's the exact right time just to seek mental health care that's emergency mental health care right Um, if you are noticing that you are beginning to isolate from others, you're sleeping for hours at a time, or you're up for days at a time, um, you are engaging in, um, behaviors that put you at risk when whatever is happening is making you uncomfortable and you're beginning to feel discomfort in your life. That's the exact right time. When you are faced with, making a decision and you don't know which way to go and you have no one to kind of bounce the idea off and it just seems so big that's the right time to go my point is is that that is going that answer is going to be i think very different for everyone but there are some specific markers that indicate i'm not okay and i should seek care some emergency things especially the self harm you're having thoughts of um, harming yourself, killing yourself, um, or you're engaging in self-harming behaviors like cutting, um, yes. and things of that nature. That's when you want to seek emergency care, especially if you're having thoughts of harming yourself. What, how would you answer that?
0: Was it, it time to see a therapist? Yeah. Uh, I would answer it. Yeah. Like I think it's time to see a therapist when your your whatever you're dealing with is affecting your current level of function that's right
1: that's right um you know if
0: you can't <laughs> if you're not interested in the things that you were once interested in if mm-hmm. you can't wake up
1: mm-hmm. to get up
0: for work um you know if you um start doing things that uh you know like uh, taking uh, illegal substances or, yep. or whatever whatever you're dealing with and it's a, it's affecting your current level of function where you know you mm-hmm. want to be isolated Mm -hmm. It's affecting you, uh, what is it, emotionally, socially, and occupational. Um, That's kind of when I think it's, when it's time, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to kind of see a, uh, you know, to see a therapist. That's
1: right. That's right. And, you know, um, one of the things that uh, is striking a chord with me, as you're saying that, um, Carter, is this concept of pushing through, right? Oh, I'm going to just push through until, push through until what?
0: I'm going
1: to use my strength. Just yeah, I understand right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to just push through. Oh, I'm going to push through this. I'm going to be okay. You can still push through and go see a therapist. That is pushing through. Yeah. This, this concept of I have to, you know, just keep dealing with this no matter what is false. We have to really reframe the idea of what pushing through means. Mm. Pushing through means... I am doing things to take care of my well-being, good things to take care of my well-being. I'm going to push through. I'm going to push through this moment by going to seek care from a therapist, by going to visit my my primary care physician if something's happening with my health. Those are all things that indicate one is pushing through. Pushing through doesn't mean I'm going to just deal with this even though I don't know what to do. So that idea of I'm a push through, we really need to reframe, redefine what that means, because I feel like that also um, prevents people from knowing when they need help, whether that's mental health care or something else. And it also creates another barrier to engaging in treatment.
0: Yeah, I think for I don't know where it started at, but I think a lot of times that was a badge of honor. You know yeah, you're a strong black such and such. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so we use those words, strength and you know, strong and, and you know, it was like a badge of honor. You know, I, you know. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and that's exactly what I mean by reframing yeah. the idea that that yes, pushing through is a badge of honor, but what makes it honorable is that you're taking care of yourself.
0: Mm. That's what
1: makes it honorable. Is it honorable, and I'm sincerely asking this question, is it honorable to drive yourself into the ground? Is that strength? Is that what strength is? Because to me, strength means when a show of strength is when my caring and keeping for myself is paramount. Strength means I'm exercising good, healthy boundaries. Strength looks like taking care of oneself. Mm. That's strength. That's gotcha. what I mean when I say, let's reframe what that means to push through.
0: I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm definitely down with that. Like I said, I think that was like a badge of honor mm-hmm, you for sure. Had about t- 20 jobs and you got all this <laughs> stuff going on. Yes. <laughs> you just yes. strong and just strength and you just. You know, continue yep. on without taking care of yourself. But yeah, I like it. It's more like you said, man, just redirecting that energy to yes. taking care of your mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. That's
1: it. That's yeah. it right there in a yeah. nutshell. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. Because again, you know, if you got, I'm not trying to be funny, but, if, but if you got, you know, whatever your situation, family situation, is that that's the reality, right? Yes. And like what you said, so because if you got five, four kids and you know what I mean, yeah. And you know, the dad might not be there or whatever whatever situation it is, or it could be the dad has four kids and whatever, whatever, whatever situation mm-hmm. it is, It's kind of like you said, you know, strength isn't always gotta be you not handling or talking about some of your problems. <laughs> and,
1: and just right. Keep
0: keep going to work mad right. and angry and just uh <laughs> blood pressure right. up. But yeah, it could be directed to other stuff like, you know, taking yes. care yes. yes. to the doctors
1: yep it's and up. you know what's yeah. funny about what yeah. you're saying we all know that person don't we
0: yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep
1: you yeah. know somebody who says i'm gonna push through and you're haggard and don't push
0: through <laughs>
1: messed up right yeah, <laughs> but you yeah. went through
0: mm-hmm. you pushed through <laughs> Got all these knives on your back and ain't gonna get no help but no nah, right. i agree i agree yeah. i agree with you are saying definitely definitely yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I'm uh, I'm going to give you the last word. Anything you want to uh, share? With oh. The before we,
1: oh, before we wrap up. I get the last word. Yeah. Yeah. I so since you know we've been talking about mental health and, and all of these things sort of in that realm. I I think the last word I have is this that there is no shame in seeking mental health care. Bears repeating. There is no shame in seeking mental health care. When you decide to engage in therapy, if that's what's needed, that is a show of strength. You are saying to yourself, because really that message yours is the only that matters. Only one that matters. You're saying to yourself, I care about me. I care about my wellness. I care about how I negotiate my life and the decisions I make. And this is for me. So if you are listening and you're on the fence about engaging with um, a therapist, there's some really great resources out there for one for you to gain access. And I'm just going off the top of my head because I don't have them in front of me. But there's one that's called um, Therapy for Black Girls. Um, and it had, there's a list of resources, um, for, I think all 50 states where you can find a therapist. If you have health insurance, you can go to your provider directory. Um, another resource is psychology today. You can put in, I think there's a search engine and you put in where you live, your address, um, your zip code, and it'll pull up a, a list of therapists. Um, you can Google black therapists. Um, and also don't limit who you engage with to just psychologists, like clinical psychologists or PsyDs there are licensed professional counselors um, that are trained and skilled to provide individual therapy Um, licensed clinical social workers um, who also are trained um, to provide therapy, they're marriage and family um, therapists there are a host of professionals that you can turn to for therapy so remember there's no shame in engaging in mental health care I have a therapist I have a therapist and it is one of the best decisions I I have made in my life um, to engage in therapy so um, don't just push through get the help that you need that's my final word
0: all right. All right. Well, hey, thanks for now. Appreciate you coming on. Definitely have My you on. My a- <laughs>
1: pleasure. You got to have me on again. This was fun. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely
0: have you on. All right. Well. Until next time.
1: All right. Take all good right. care, Carter. Take good care, everyone. Bye bye.
0: Peace. peace.